All right, just show of hands so that I know what I'm working with here. How many of you either played the game Tetris as a kid or had a kid that played Tetris? Awesome. This series, it's going to work. It's going to make sense. So Tetris is one of those games that I played a lot as a kid, but I played it on this device, one of those. Nintendo Game Boy. Some of you guys might remember those. We did not call those devices back then. We called them bricks. And I'm pretty sure, like, like honestly, it was so chunky and so big. This, I mean, it's a little Game Boy little game, but it was so chunky that I'm pretty sure you couldn't fly with it because TSA would have said it's like a weapon. You could use this to hurt somebody. <laughs> um, they're, they're big, chunky things. Um, I loved uh, that. I had a love-hate relationship with the game Tetris. And for those of you maybe not familiar with it, it's a game. What I loved about the game is it blocks came down slowly, and you had to place the blocks. And if you got a whole line filled, that that line would disappear. But if there was a gap in the line, it wouldn't disappear. And, and then more blocks and the blocks in different shapes, like you see up here on the screen, would come down one at a time. And what I loved about doing this, uh, playing this game was um, building it in such a way that I would leave one row in the middle or on the sides, and then I would wait for that long skinny block to come, and then I'd turn it and just go, and you'd blast um, like four different lines at one time. And that was called a, it was called a Tetris. That's where the game comes from. <laughs> Didn't know that, did you? So that's what Tetris is like. Now, that's what I love doing. It's so satisfying to bloop, bloop, and the whole thing, right? Um, what I hated about that game is inevitably there would come a point where I would put a block in the wrong place. You know, I'd place it wrong and like, oh, now I got th this big gap. Or do you remember this? You get a block that you had no place for it and you didn't know where to put it, you couldn't put it in a place that, that actually, so you had to like just flip it on its side and put it over here, just put it over there. And then all of a sudden you got this thing jutting up and your beautiful thing, you know, like your, your dream of getting a Tetris is gone because you got this ugly thing that's kind of out of place. And th that was kind of frustrating about the game. If that wasn't enough, the, the further, the more that you played the game, the higher level that you got to, the faster the blocks came, which was just nerve-wracking. And if that wasn't enough, there was the music. Can you think of the music? You got it in your head. Can you help us out with the music, Trevor? Can you remember? Let's keep it going. This is, this is good. Oh, it's just... Okay, that's good. I gotta stop. You gotta turn it off. Because that is, I, I swear, that is some of the most anxiety-inducing music, the melody ever made by man. Like, I just, you, 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 you'll never hear that music at a spa, because it, it would undo whatever you went to the spa to get done. You know? like, man, I just got a massage, but my back is killing me. Why? Oh, they're playing Tetris in the back. Why are they playing that music? It's just this, and, and if that wasn't bad enough, the music got faster with every level that you played as well. 
And, and I swear that the, the makers of that music, that it was an insidious plan. Because I, I think they were trying to sell more Game Boys because they knew the faster that that got, the more you wanted to throw it against the wall because you couldn't win and the pieces kept coming fast and you couldn't get it and it went on and on and on like that. Here's, but I'll, I'll say this about Game Boys. Uh, modern devices have nothing on a Game Boy for how hardy it is. I mean, you look at a smartphone sideways and the screen will crack right now. The Game Boy, you could, you know, throw it against the wall two minutes later, feel bad about it, walk over, dust it off, pick it up, dust it off, say you're sorry to it, flip the on-off switch, you know, and guess what? 50-50, it would reboot. And if it doesn't reboot, you know what you would do. You kids from the 80s and the 90s, pull out the cartridge and do one of these. Put it back in, guaranteed start every time. That's, that's my childhood right there. The gray brick, it was awesome. And you know, you'd be up and running, playing Tetris, level one, the music's slow, parts, you know, the pieces are coming down, the blocks are coming down one by one with the dream of getting a Tetris. I, while I no longer play Tetris, I'm in danger, if I'm not careful, I play a similar kind of game when it comes to my life. That, that is, where I'm just trying to fit everything together, you know, fit it into this day or to this week or to this month. And, and I'm making it fit in such a way so that it can disappear. The calendar is clear. The inbox is empty. And then, uh, but it's kind of futile because it's like, as soon as it's clear, what happens? More stuff just keeps coming, right? And the next round of stuff keeps coming. It's frustrating because it's like I can never really fit everything into my life in a way that makes it go away cleanly. And there's all this stuff. There's the meetings, the homework, the bills, the dry cleaning, the deadlines, the kid pickup, the kid drop off, the oil changes, the rake, the leaves, the book reports, right? That's the list of stuff that we have to do. What stuff we want to do. There's, there's that list too that we'd like to fit into our lives, right? The trips, the vacations, the days in the mountains, the hanging out with friends, going for a bike ride, cooking a good meal together, calling your mom on a date, throwing the ball with the kids. It just keeps going and going and going. It drives you crazy. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever, about your schedule? About trying to make time? in your life, trying to fit it all together, do all the things you need to do and a few of the things that you want to do. See, I have a, I have a theory as to, to how we get here, how things get so manic and so crazy. It's pretty simple. I think you and I just want to get the most out of life. We want to make the most of life. And so we're constantly balancing, yes, I've got these things that I need to do and these things that I want to do, and I'm going to try to fit them all together. And if I can do, remember in the, in the game where you go going down, you could do that slide move, get all the way down and slide it in. You know, and, and you're like, hey, if I, if I don't talk to anybody in the hallway and I skip lunch, I can make it to my kid's soccer game in time to see him play, and then all of a sudden, that didn't work. And things, you don't have the margin of life, and things kind of implode. So we're just trying to get the most out of life. And, and here's, here, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. It, and that's not a bad thing. Getting the most out of life is not a bad thing. I actually think that's the fingerprint of God on our hearts, that God created us for fullness of life. 
and he created us to desire that. But we need to be careful because we're going we're gonna to say it this way in this series. In our attempt to get the most out of life, we often lose sight of what's most important in life. The danger of playing Tetris is in our attempt to get the most out of life, we oftentimes lose sight of what's most important in life. In our attempt to get the most out of life, sometimes we lose control of our lives. You ever have that feeling? Like, I am not in control of my life. I'm just responding to things. And that's dangerous. Because there's no mar- if there's no margin, if there's a bump in the road, all of a sudden you're double booked, triple booked, you missed a monthly payment, you can't make that payment, and you know, if something happens, and your life is in danger of imploding. But here's, here's the thing, here's the thing that we, we really, what this is really about, is in our attempt to cram everything into life, sometimes what happens is we, we push out the people closest to us in life. What happens is, if we're not careful, in our attempt to get the most out of life, we, we went into cram the most into life, we end up pushing people out of our lives, and sometimes even the people we love the most, right? We've got so much going on, we're trying to cram them into that little pocket of time that we have, and kids aren't crammable like that. They're not meant to be crammed like that. You know, well, honey, I just, I've got from 5.30 to 6.15, but you need more time, the two of you. The, the problem is, is in our attempt to get the most out of life, sometimes we lose sight of what's most important in life. So and this is what Tetris is all about. This is the next few weeks we'll be talking about how do we get the most out of life without destroying our life? How do we get the most out of life without blowing up our life? How do we get the most out of life without losing sight of what's most important in life? Quick show of hands. Honesty is good, right? Let's, let's do this in church. How many of you, this is a timely message? Just, just raise your hand if you feel like this is timely for you. I, I, I appreciate it. That's, that's great. Here's the thing. Um, if, if you feel like, yeah, I, I feel like I'm playing that game and sometimes I feel like I can't win, um, I'm really glad you're here at church. <clears throat> so I'm, I, I want to say that. I'm glad you're here, and I think the next couple weeks will be fruitful. At the same time, for those of us who play the, the Tetris game with life, this is going to be a tough pill to swallow. What, what we're going to look at today, the passage we're going to look at, it's going to be a t- kind of a tough pill to swallow. And so I decided to bring some candy to help with this. I'm dead serious about this. I have sweet tarts here. And what I want you to do is, I don't have one of these for everybody, but you, what's cool about this candy is you can, I've done this ever since you're a kid. There you go. There right there. Um, so go ahead and pass these out. I got a bunch of them. And, and just break off. Make sure you get sweet in there. Okay. okay, the reason I'm doing this is because this, this message is going to be a tough pill to swallow. So I was like, I'm going to hand him a pill. And I'm like, that's lame. And then I, I don't have that many pills. And then like, what kind of pills are they? It just kind of gets weird. So I was like, okay, I'll hand him a sweet looks like a pill, like a Tums, you know, for heartburn, <laughs> which I thought worked. And then it also worked because today's message is kind of sweet tart. It, it's going to be tart at times, but at, in the end, I think it's a sweet message, and I think it's exactly the message that we need for those of us who are trying to get the most out of life, but in danger of blowing up our lives. So 
I thought I'd give them, I'm going to give them sweet tarts. So here's what I want you to do. You can feel free to eat one or two of those now, but make sure you save a couple of them for later. I, honestly, have some. It's Halloween, right? So it just makes sense. Um, this passage um, is Psalm 90 is what we're going to look at. And if you want to open up, there's Bibles right in front of you um, that you can open up to Psalm 90. And again, this, this passage, is some tart, there's some tartness to this passage. It's poetry. It's kind of grandiose language. It's big language. Um, and some of the, the verses are tough pills to swallow because of what they say about us and what they have to say about, about God. And, and it, honestly, it, this passage will make some, if, it, this passage might make some statements about God that you don't agree with. And I want to kind of lay that out in front because there, there's, there's a some tough, uh, tough truths about who God is that we're going to look at today. I, I want you to know that's okay. If you don't agree with it, I, it's okay. I'm glad you're here, and I want you to stick with it. Because I think there's, there's still, even if you don't believe everything that this has to say today, I think there's still some good stuff for you in it. My Bible says, Psalm 90, a psalm of Moses. Now, the Psalms, there's 150 Psalms in the book of Psalms, and most of them were written by a guy named David, and they're poetry, they're songs. This one is interesting because it says it's ascribed to, to Moses. Um, as we're talking about this, I'm going to assume that Moses is the author. It's, it's hard to tell whether he actually was or not, but I'm going to say Moses said this, Moses said that, so just bear with me there. Um, but at what, what we're going to see here, what I'm, why this is the perfect passage for us today is we're going to see what Moses is about to share is he starts to share his view of time. You'll see this from, the, from right out the gates. It's his view of time is in this passage. And, and just so you know, don't stop reading. Everybody stop reading. Everybody look up here. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, what he's trying to get at is he's trying to make one point. Put the point right in the front, you know, so that you don't miss it. Context is find Moses saying here through his reflection on time is context is everything. Context is key. And when context, I mean where we fit, where our lives fit within the grand scheme of time, that's what I'm talking about when I say context. How many of you ever use Google Earth? And you type in your, your address and it zooms in your house. You're like, hey, there's my house and my car. There's my dog. You know, like it's, it's pretty cool. It's really detailed. What context is zooming out from your house and seeing where your neighbors are. Like, hey, neighbors are like right over there. I didn't know that. You know, that, that kind of stuff. That gives you context. That's exactly what Moses is trying to do through this passage for us today. As we reflect on time, he's trying to get us to zoom out and see the context of our life, our lives, for however long they are, in the context of time in general. Pay so well, as we read this, I want you to pay attention to time words. In fact, here's a little tip. If you want to read, if you want to get better at, at studying the Bible, I'll never read it without a pencil or pen in your hand. It's your Bible. You can mark it up. You can circle things. You can write questions in the margin. That's, that's, that's fair game. That's a great way to learn. I put dates on there. Like, this was meaningful to me in May of 2015, whatever. You should do the same. It's a really meaningful way to read the Bible. So if, you're, if it's your Bible, actually, only if it's your Bible, though. If it's one of the red ones, please don't mark it up. This isn't our church, so um, be nice to the Bibles. Um, verse 1 says this, Lord, you have been a dwelling place throughout all generations. Where's the time word there? 
someone shouted out, time word, generations. Lord, you have been our dwelling place. Our meaning, Moses is speaking for the Israelites. He's, he's part of the nation of Israel. So he's saying, you have been our, our nations, uh, you've been our dwelling place. You've been our home. You've been, we've, we've, we've made our home in you for many generations, for a long time. That's the time word. Here's another time word, verse 2. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole earth, before all of this, God, before you made everything, from everlasting, there's a time word, to everlasting, you are God. Now, again, Moses is trying to get us to zoom out, right? He's trying to get us to see the context. So we think about the bookends of our lives from when we were born to when we die. That's our context. God's is the everlasting time before that and the everlasting time after that. Little different bookends. When he looks at time, he looks at it a little bit differently than us, than, than we do. Verse 3. In this verse, I love this verse because Moses gets a little Lord of the Rings here. Watch this. You turn people back to dust saying, return to dust, you mortals. <laughs> it's Gandalf. You know, like, you shall not pass. Return to dust, you mortals. You, you turn people, you, God, you turn people back to dust saying, return to dust, you mortals, no matter how rich you are, no matter how poor, no matter how old, no matter how young, like it's just no matter what, in the end, at the end of it all, God says to all of us at some point in time, return to dust. Mortal, it's time. Verse 4, a thousand years in your sight is like 24 hours that has just gone by a day. Or, or even like a watch in the night, which a watch in the night is they, break the they usually broke the night watches into three parts over the night, so three to four hours each. He's saying, maybe you've heard this before, that, you know, God, to God, a thousand years is but a day. And Moses said, no, it's not even a day. It's like three or four hours. It's just like that. You know, I, I, this, when I was preparing for this, it made me think of those, you know, those meters that show how fast the government spends our money. It was like, ching, 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 ching. You know, is, it, is that how God sees my time, my days, my years? Because a thousand years to him is like but a day. Isn't that interesting to think about? Verse 5. This it gets a little poetic here. You sweep people away in the sleep of death. They're like new grass of the morning, and in the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. We, we know that in Colorado. We know that play. <laughs> hey, green grass! Oh, look quickly. <laughs> it's going away. Moses is saying, that's kind of like our lives. This green grass where it's fresh and new and budding and then not enough rain. What do we got next here? Look at verse 10. Let's skip to verse 10. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, and yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow. It's kind of a bleak thing, but it's true, right? And it, what, you know what's fascinating to, about this to me? Our lives are way different than the ancients. This was written 3,000 plus years ago. And yet here we are, we're, you know, 70 to 80 years. That's what we got. Some of us a little bit more, some of us a little bit less. But that's about what we get. 
if our strength endures. And yet the best of them, he's saying even in good life, there's trouble. There's sorrow. And then he says this, for they quickly pass and we fly away. And then that's it. Do you see what, what, again, context, you see what Moses is trying to get us to feel here? What's he trying to get us to see? How short life is, right? And, and you don't need the Bible to, to feel this way. This looking at the stars and you think about how gargantuan the universe it is, how old it is, and you feel real small, you know? Uh, you, think about, uh, you think about history and past generations and, you know, my, your great-great-grandfather, and they thought this was big, and it's like, wow, it's like you start to think, it's going to be done soon. It's pretty small. And see, with, within this context, you feel small. Life is short. Moses is trying to get us back to these moments, to this emotion, where you start to ask, okay, since it's so small, what do I do with that? Right? How do I, how do I make the most of that? See, and here's, here's the thing. I think everybody goes through this, re- religious, non-religious. All of us are faced with the brevity of life. We go to a funeral and we start thinking, huh. And I think there's a few different reactions that we can have to the shortness of life, the brevity of life. One is we can just kind of throw up our hands and say, it's just insignificant, right? We can just say, if it's so short, I mean, really, do I think, is this really all that important? In fact, some of you this morning, feel insignificant. You feel small and not a good way. And I'm glad you're here because that, that's not what Moses is trying to get us to see. He's not trying to get us to see, you know, life's short, so just don't, don't take yourself too seriously. He's not like, you know, just, so just give up. That's not what he's saying. It's actually the contrary. He's like, no, no, no. Life's short, but you're, you're still a child of God. Life's short, but it's still a gift that he's given you those years. So that's the first reaction is we can kind of say, what's, what's the point? It's so insignificant can, compared to the universe. Yeah, we can, we can do that, but it's not the best action that we can take, I feel like. We can start to play Tetris. See, I think that's why some of us are in the place that we're in. We feel ourselves getting older. And so we're like, I gotta get this, I gotta cram this in. I gotta go on this trip. I wanna go see about that. This is, and, and see, here's the problem. When we start to see things that way, like I only have this little bit of time, so I gotta cram, 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 and put this there, and then go over here, and go on this trip, and do this. Here's what happens. It's my time. It's my job. This is my time off. Mine. This is like you start to get really selfish. You start to get really, this is all about me and my time. Given how short life is, honey, this is what I need to do in order to be happy. And see, selfishness is really hard to see in the mirror. Really, really there's a few things that are hard to see in the mirror, and selfishness is one of them. But you know what? You can see it really well in other people. You know, we all know those stories of like, yeah, sure, they did like big things, but it was really in the end all about them. It's just really all about what they wanted. You've had bosses like that, right? Some of us have been married to people like that. Some of us, you know, like, 
We, we watch our kids go that direction. We're like, no, don't go that direction. You know why? Because history never thinks well of those people. In the end, it's, there's, and there's, there's some sad irony to it, right? These people are, mine, 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 and in the end, they're isolated. They're lonely. And even though they've spent every day of their lives trying to make themselves happy, are they happy? See, that's in our attempt to get the most out of life. We often lose sight of what's most important in life. That's our, and and I'll be honest, that's my knee-jerk reaction. When I get overwhelmed, when I don't think I have much time, I'm like, okay, if I can wake up at 6 a.m. and go on a run or split the wood and then do this and then get the kids, and if I don't talk here, then I can get there and I can work on the sermon for a couple hours and then I can do that. And it's just, I cram, 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 cram. It never seems to work. Moses would say there's another way that there's a third option. And, and, and again, instead of resigning to, uh, I guess life is meaningless, he wouldn't say that, don't do that. Instead of cramming, oh, I gotta get it, he said, no, don't do that. There's a third option, and, and that option involves us taking our life and saying, God, I would like to insert this, my short life the con- I would like to insert my short life into the context of your everlasting life. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. I have seven. God, this is what I got. Actually, I don't even know what I got for years. You do. <laughs> I don't know how long I'm going to live. But let's say it's 70 to 80 years. Lord, here it is. I will give you my time. And see, yeah, it, let's, let's keep going. We'll get there. I'm getting ahead of myself. Moses is going to add one more la- layer to the conversation, one more layer of context. Not only is life is short, not only can we be selfish with life, right, but there's consequences if we live selfishly. L- listen to this. this and this is, this is tart, what we're about to read. Verse 9, or verse 11. If only we knew the power of your might. Is that what it said? Nope. Just making sure you're paying attention. If only we knew the power of your creativity. What does it say? If only we knew the power of your anger. If only we knew the power of your anger, your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Now, never has the idea of an angry God been more resistible than right now in our culture, in our context, to the point where I'm like, maybe I just won't preach on that tomorrow. Like, maybe I'll just skip that verse. The problem is, is like God's wrath and anger and and there's indignation is all throughout this passage. If you go home, read it when you go home. There's a lot of that. So it's not something we can just gloss over. But the idea of an angry God, we don't like that. God of grace? Sure. God of love? Absolutely. God of mercy? That sounds great. God of anger? Indignation? Wrath? This is not comfortable. And yet, catch this. This is important. This is so important. This is why, this is what, this is why I included this verse. 
Moses is saying, if we only knew, meaning we don't know. He's like, if we only knew, if we only understood, which he's saying we don't understand, if we only knew your anger, in this, it's a conversation about time. And, and Moses would say, you know what I wish you knew the most in this conversation about time? I wish you understood the context of God's anger the most. That would be the most helpful. And, and here's why. It's not comfortable. Because we love, we love to think about a God of love, but this idea of a God that, that, that's angry we don't like that. We don't, th- but here's the thing. What's important to know is God is a God of both love and justice, right? If, you, if you're familiar with the biblical scriptures and passages, you, you see that over and over again. And what, what Moses is trying to get us to see here is not, God's not this angry, capricious God. He's not just, you know, trying to whack-a-mole from heaven. You know, it's, it, it's, it's not that. But he does have standards for our lives. He has expectations for our lives, which honestly, that shouldn't be that shocking to us. Because my dad has some of you guys know Nick Donoff. He had expectations for my life, right? He had things he wanted. My dad's not an angry guy. angry much. Those stand out to me. <laughs> the two that stand out to me was something when I was in, in, in middle school and got caught and then got thrown in the back of a, a police car, which when I was 12 was like the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> um, until I got home. And then I saw my dad. The other thing is I, I hit my sister. What's cool about my dad is the time I hit my sister, he was more angry. In time I stole. But that anger stands out to me. Not as that he doesn't care for me. Not as he was mad or, was, or he was mean. Quite the opposite. It was because of his love for me. I don't want you to treat women. I don't want you to take things in life, my son. It says in the New Testament, the Lord disciplines those who a good father does. That's God, if only understood his anger, his indignation, when we try to, me, 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 my, 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 this is, you know, stay away. He's like, my son, live your life. If, if only we understood your, your power, your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. Here's another word, fear, that we don't love, but this, for the ancients, the, the, the idea of the fear of the Lord, that was the beginning of knowledge. What, what Moses is trying to get us to see here is we serve a big God. And, and unless we recognize our place with that God, we'll never revere him. We'll never give him the reverence that is his due. And see, this is helpful when it comes to our time. Because look at this next line. This, and this is, this is the heart of it right here, guys. Verse 12. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. 
God, in all of this, you know, like, you're everlasting, we're not, we're, you know, we're grass that's here today, gone tomorrow, in light of all that, would you, Lord, see, this is a prayer, would you teach us to number our days aright? So that we can what? So that we can what? So that we can gain a heart of wisdom, which I need so badly. I mean, like, as I'm sorting out all this stuff, I don't know what to do. Guys, the next couple weeks I'm preaching, I'm sorry. I'm really not the guy who should be up here preaching at the time. <laughs> used to talk. I, I, this is a funny story. I gave my wife, I gave Christy a watch. What, not for her, but oh, this is sweet. You bought her a watch. No, I bought me a watch because I was fishing too much and I was always late. And I was like, honey, here's a watch for me. And that's my promise to you that I'll be home when I say I was going to be home. And she said, Josh, that's a gift. That's a wedding vow. Like, like that. It's floor, right? Like, that's me, okay? You, I can't, I'm not on time to anything. I don't get this. And here's the deal. This is going to happen. If, if this becomes your church, if this is your church, <laughs> we're going to do this a little bit because I got to talk about a lot of different things and I don't know about a lot of them. But I promise to always be honest. I, try, I promise to always be transparent. And I promise to struggle with you as I try to be more like Christ and invite you to do so as well. But here's the thing. For people, this, is, this, this last verse right here. In fact, let's just read it together. Teach us to number our days. Say that. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Say that again. That we may gain a heart of wisdom. No one is saying anything. Come on. Like, teach us. Come on. One, two, three. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. When we do this, that's our way of saying to God, I am not the point. You are the point. God, in the context of this thing called life, this everlasting, everlasting, I am not the main character. You are the main character. And friends, can I just tell you that that attitude of humility, Lord, I don't know what to do. Would you teach me that? I, I, I don't know how to fix your I don't know what you should do or shouldn't do. Like, I, I, don't, I, I don't know my own life, so I can't help you with yours, but I do know this. When we come humbly before God and we say, Lord, I need you, would you teach me? Like this week, Lord, I've got, this is an actual prayer right now. Lord, I have so much going on this week, I don't even know where to start. Would you teach me, Josh, would you teach me, Lord, how to number my days this week, all right, so that I may gain a heart of wisdom? I want this prayer to be on the tip of your tongue all week. The more that you struggle with trying to cram everything in, I want that to be on the tip of your tongue. Monday morning, tomorrow morning, right there. Okay, Lord, 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 before I do anything, before I even open up the calendar, Teach me to number my days aright. Because I, Lord, here's the truth, Lord. I, I want to get the most out of life, and in my attempt to get the most out of life, sometimes I push out the people I love the most in life. Would you teach me to number my days aright?
He'll give you a heart of wisdom. He'll give you clarity as to what to say no to, what to say yes to. Teach me. It's a number of days. And here's the other thing what that'll do. It, that kind of prayer breaks the spine of selfishness, right? Because it's not, it's not all about me, and I'm not the center of the universe, and it's not really my time. It's not really, you know, my retirement. It's not really my, it's not really mine. Teach me to number my days, right? You know what else it does? It gives us courage to create margin for the people we love the most. Because when we submit, as we say, when we're saying, God, you're the everlasting God. Would you take my time? Would you, t I want to take my few years and, and I want to be a part. You, you're the main character. You're doing the cool stuff. I want to be a part of that. Would you take that? And when we have to say no to things that we really, really want to do, we start to realize, okay, this hurts right now, but it's because I'm not seeing something and I trust you, Lord. So I will submit to you. See, that's a better way. That's a better way. For people who play the game of Tetris, we need this the most. Honestly, if you're feeling swamped, pray this prayer. Invite God in. The goal, the goal for the series, the goal for today especially, is I want to I I challenge you. I want to petition. Would you please, would you invite would you be willing to invite the God of the universe to have input into your schedule through prayer? Lord, teach me to number my days aright so I can say well, yes to what's really important and no to what is not. Two things as we close up this morning. You got your pack of sweet tarts? So that's your, I know it's a tough pill to swallow. And it's tart to start, but it's sweet in the end. That's, that's how this prayer works. It's like, ah, I don't want to say no to these things, but I'm going to. I want you to keep that with you this week. Mo Monday morning is probably a good time to kind of just check in, level set, and say, Lord, teach me. That's your reminder to, to just pray that prayer, teach me. If you're not a, a believer, you're not a, a praying person, Maybe you're not even comfortable praying because you're not even sure what it's about. Honestly, can I just suggest one thing? Like, I think there's something for you here. Honestly, like, I would suggest if, if you're not a praying person, talk to somebody. Talk to somebody you trust and say, hey, you know how I use my time. You know how I order my life. What do you think of that? Remember, because selfishness is really hard to see in the mirror. <laughs> but guess what? Your friends see it. The good ones will see it, and the good, the good friends will say something if you ask. This is just, it'll just make life better. So do it. Think about it. Lord, would you teach us to number our days aright so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. For some of us, we may have had faith our whole lives. We've believed in God our whole lives, gone to church. But the idea of allowing God to have say in our time, that's a new thing. And it might be intimidating. I would encourage you, the more we trust God, the more we connect with the author of life, I think the better life gets. Please go for it with us. One last thing. These next couple weeks are going to be really 
great conversations. This next message that I'm preparing for next week, so seven days from now, is one of my favorite messages. Um, it's something that's really meaningful to Christy and I as we've sorted this, kind of sorted these things out and playing the game of Tetris in the last couple of years. It mean a lot to me if you came back next week to hear that. Um, also, this is a fantastic time. If you've thought about inviting somebody to Colorado Life Church, basically there's, there's not a bad week in this month to do so. This is really, everybody I've been talking to about this week is like, man, this is exactly what I need. Like, I was talking with a guy on Friday night. He's like, I feel like I'm in Groundhog's Day. I was like, you need to come to church on Sunday. We need to talk about it. Invite your friends. Come back yourself. And then at the end of, of uh, the month, we have so, a cool scatter church. So just I- invite your friends next week and the week to follow. And we'll continue this conversation, how to get the most out of life without blowing up our lives. Can I pray for us? Father, I confess that I make a lot of mistakes in this area. I confess that I'm a a very selfish individual, especially when it comes to my time. And I pray that you, uh, Lord, what I need, I need to see my time the way you see my time. I need to have your perspective on this. And so I pray that this week you would grant me that. And for my friends here, we confess. Lord, we, we, we hold our things tight sometimes and say they're ours. Would you help us to loosen our grip on those things and watch you come into our lives and bring peace and rest and confidence God, we need it. We need you so badly. Be with us now as we sing songs to you. Um, I believe your work is not yet done today in this place. I thank you for that. In your name, amen.